Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode eight of Ray and Benny Talk Sports. We're here at the secret underground studio near the area formerly known as Wolseley. But don't worry, we have producer Grimey watching the front door. And of course, as always, we have the man who made driving a Hyundai pony cool. Benny, how you doing, brother? Uh, that's good. That's good. The, the Hyundai yeah, pony. Yeah. Haven't thought about that car in a while. That was definitely a, a classic. Yeah, yeah, I miss that right. We had some good lunch hours and lunch hour extended spares, lunch double spares. Get a little park to the forks. Wanted to get a little park. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of time stuck in <laughs> KP actually with that car too. <laughs> Not the nicest of cars at all, but uh, you know, it got us uh, there. I, I just remember exactly too. The thing had a choke. The car had a choke that you had to pull out to start the car too. It's amazing to think how far back that is that you oh, needed a freaking choke. You had to pull it out, or the car wouldn't start. <laughs> Unreal. Kids out there, Google <laughs> choke. Google what a choke is. We don't have yeah. time to go into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you staying warm, bro? Yeah. Like we were saying earlier, today felt like one of those days, like it was the middle of January, you know, like it felt yeah. really cold out there today. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, it's supposed to warm up a bit. So, hopefully, we get back to a little bit normal temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to turn, though, man. Yep. It's, it's winter. I think we had our last week there. Uh, I, the weekend was pretty good weather. I laid low yeah. myself, watched all the sports, uh, watched the Bombers play a little Madden, you know, got whooped online again by a child, trash talking me all the way through. Yeah, you gotta uh, stop doing that. Maybe it was yep. my kid. Yeah, man. Don't get me started. Let's talk about real sports. Don't get me started, <laughs> man. Let's talk about real sports. Uh, cause CFL playoffs are coming. Yeah. Yeah, man. Playoffs. Playoffs. Finally. Don't talk about playoffs. We're going to talk about playoffs because it is CFL playoff season. Uh, we're also going to talk about the NFL and that gong show of a season. Uh, we never have the answers usually, but especially now with this crazy season, we don't know what's up and what's down. So we're going to go into uh, some NFL action in detail and try to figure out uh, what's going down. And of course, we're going to talk about the NHL. Uh, what's going on in Vancouver? Attendance issues across the league. And of course, Let's start off with the Winnipeg Jets who played tonight. Whew, three, I think, I, nothing. I think we got to start asking the question, what's going on in Winnipeg instead of what's going on yeah. in Vancouver right now? Yeah, let's start off with that. What's going on in Winnipeg? I just got home late. I did not see the Columbus game, so you fill me in. What happened tonight in Columbus or against Columbus? Yeah, it was just another one of those games where they struggled to, uh, to put the puck in the net. Plenty of chances, mm -hmm. plenty of shots. Um, control of the game, but they just they they can't find a way to finish, and and it, they're struggling right now. And I mean, they scored uh, one goal against Edmonton, lost in a shootout. They scored one against uh, two against Vancouver, sorry, and then uh, one against uh, Pittsburgh only, and now none tonight. So you're not going to win too many games when you score four goals in uh, four games. And right now they're struggling. Their their power play is struggling. It struggled again tonight uh, to really generate yeah. much. Um, not not even the scoring, just to keep the puck in Columbus's zone over the course of their power play. They struggled to do that. Um, really? And it looked more like, you know, they were taking, they were trying for tips more than throwing the puck at the net. So it's like, let's throw the puck here yeah. to the middle of the net or to the front of the net and hope someone can tip it in. You know, start throwing at the at the net. Maybe you get a better tip that way. The power yeah. play again. I saw them fall in love with that last year. Oh. Last year they fell in love with that. Kind of shoot towards the yeah. net. And it might hit something or somebody. So, and yeah, I know what best. you're talking about. They, they did it quite a bit yeah. tonight, you know. And and you got a question at this point. What is Riley Nash still doing on that power play? 
Uh, yeah, you got you got somebody. Other well, guys. he's a tip guy, right? He's a guy sitting his butt in front of the goalie and hope something goes off his body. Can Lowry uh, not do that? That's his only purpose. Can Lowry well, not? You do might that? not want to get. Why you might not want Lowry to take a puck to the wrist or the ankle or something like why that. Not, I don't why know. not try Veselainen? Why not try Sveshnikov? Yeah. You know, those are big dudes. Or just don't use that style of power play. No. Don't use that style of power it's play. Like, Open it up. Something's not working right now. I think they were, they're one for 21, I think, uh, over the course, course of whatever, their last 21 tries here. So something's got to change there. Yeah. You know, and, and they're giving up power play goals like crazy. They're either still mm-hmm. second last in the penalty kill or they've, They've led Vancouver past them at this point. Who knows? And, and they're last, but they're giving up power play yeah, goals. They were like 30th. Yeah. They, they, I mean, Vancouver scored two power play goals against them the other night. You know, like, uh-huh. you know, things aren't looking very rosy after that uh, dominating win over the Oilers last Tuesday or when we were on recording. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they beat the Oilers soundly. They played better against the Oilers uh, on Thursday. I couldn't score. Stuart Skinner stood on his head and and made crazy saves, and and then they lost in a shootout, which again they couldn't score in the shootout again, you know. And, yeah. and so that kind of highlights their point of maybe struggling to score goals that they couldn't even do it in in a breakaway contest. Yeah. Let, let me put this in there. Uh, the Jets have played eleven games in the past twenty two ga- uh, twenty two days. They're playing once every two days, so they could be their legs could be getting tired, but. Uh, my problem with that is why don't you play your fourth line more? Play your fourth line more when you're playing a game every two days and make your fourth line better by maybe putting Wheeler down there. We talked about this, man, earlier on. Let Wheeler play on the fourth line. I could care less about his salary, bro. I want effectiveness. And with those 11 games in 22 days, you need to stretch out those minutes and you need a decent fourth line. And, you know, breaking up that line with uh, with with Connor uh, Dubois and Sveshnikov, I talked about that last week too. How I was worried how that would uh, affect the team, and look, it's clearly affected the team. Wheeler has no business being on the two or one line. You know what I'm saying? And, and even the three line, I talked about Harkins and Lowry and Best Line and how they were good together. And now we don't have really any lines that are feeling it. Uh, uh, so that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, that, you know? that, that's the thing. Like you, you took apart one of the lines that was was doing well together um, in PLD, yeah. Connor and Sveshnikov. Okay, fine. You took them apart today. They were struggling again. He, he made some lineup changes. Why not put that back together? All he did was he switched. Um, who went on there? Ehlers was with uh, PLD and Connor, and then it was uh, Wheeler, Shifley, and Cop at one point. You know mm-hmm. why not? Why not go back to the one line that was working really good over a course of how many games that it, it that kept clicking? Right, uh, they were yeah. dominating. You know, and and you know, maybe it, it'll help that uh, Stasny started skating, so maybe Stasny will be back in the lineup sooner than later. So that'll definitely help. Yeah. But that only means that they're probably bumping either Harkins or Vesalina out, out of the lineup. Uh, Wheeler is going to continue to get his his minutes, which is probably yeah. a little bit more than he should be. <clears throat> and like you said, Vesalina played six minutes tonight. Toninato eight. Um, Nash was a little bit higher just because, you know, he's getting the uh, power, play. power playing minutes. Which Damn, bro. I still don't understand. Like, Riley Nash is playing 13 minutes. You know, like, I know that most of that's power, or a lot of that is power play, but still. Um, you know, and Wheeler is again at 18 minutes tonight. So you, you got to start limiting the amount of time that Wheeler is maybe playing. Maybe not the fourth line. Probably not a good thing for the $8 million guy to be in the fourth line, but definitely you can slap him down on the third line. Um, like you had said yeah. before with Stasny and, and Lowry in the middle or something like that. But, you know, it's time to start looking. And, you know, what? there's so many teams that are using their young guys. 
You know, like um, Seth Jarvis from Carolina, uh, they just mm-hmm. let him play his 10th game of the season. But the Jets, you know what? Don't give Cole Perfetti any shot, really, or any of their young guys in the moves. Bring someone in. Get get them to fire up this offense maybe a little bit or see what they can do if it yeah. it's struggling, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, they, they got a lot of work to do. And, and tonight, you know, it, it's, it's, it's disappointing because I know Dubois probably wanted to go into Columbus and, and win that game. Um, they actually Absolutely. they had a uh, video uh, for him. They were booing him anytime he touched the puck tonight. Um, yeah, which is kind of understandable the way he wanted to get out of there and stuff. But they had a video for him and Riley Nash, who played in Columbus, um, and they're booing. Right. They they put the camera on Dubois after it was done, and they were booing him. And then they switched it over to Nash, and they started cheering him. So, uh, pretty interesting situation. But you know, not enough offense there tonight at all to to get the W. Yeah. No, you got to put that line two and three together. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah, I get it. The, the optics of having an $8 million guy on that fourth line. But, you know, I don't know what goes behind closed doors and the conversations I'm having, but put that pride away. Yeah. Put that pride away, bro. Because well, he hasn't been effective on one, two, or three. No. No goals so far this year. That's yeah. a, and only five assists. At least last year when he was getting points on the power play, Maurice could say, well, he has this many points in 10 games or whatever, right? Yeah. He's not even getting that right now. The power play's not clicking. Wheeler's not getting his assists. And, and you got to give credit to Helly, man. He has played wicked over these last few games, and he has lost everyone. Mm-hmm. Even when Comrie played the other night, he played he pretty, played pretty well. He did. Um, yeah. You know, and the goaltenders are racking up these losses here, even though they're playing solid solid games. Something's got to change. Yeah. Something's got to change. And it seems to revolve around Wheeler and where he's at. Or maybe the coach? Uh, unfortunately. Change the coach? No? Too soon? Mm, no, yeah. I, not at this point. Yeah. I think that's kind of pointless. Uh, not quite yet. <laughs> not quite yet. Are we getting Let, there? Let's come back from that. <laughs> let's come back from that stupid Olympic break that's going to ruin the season, and then we'll see what happens. If uh, they if even go to the, together, if they even go to the Olympics, they still might not go. I hope they don't. I hope they don't. What a stupid idea that is. <laughs> Number one, it's an amateur sport event. These guys are millionaires and get to train all year. You know, with the world class training facilities, and, and number two, it's in China. What are you doing? Yeah. You're trying to generate revenue again that you've lost, and you're risking it by sending. Get out of here! What yeah. a stupid idea that I is. Uh, talk about COVID. Teams coming back. Arenas aren't quite as full as they used to be. Uh, attendance is down uh, across the league. Uh, Canadian teams are doing all right. Surprisingly, Vancouver is still. About 92, 94% capacity. They're doing okay despite being a horrible team. But of course, you got teams like Ottawa uh, who are doing horribly. And, uh, you know, the, it's become a political thing. People protesting, not going to games because people are allowed. Uh, thoughts on the, on the not dwindling attendance, just the lower attendance across the league. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting because, like you say, there's, it's, a lot of these uh, arenas are used to being full. Like Winnipeg's used to being full, you know, 15,000 plus selling out game after game ever since they came back. And, and right now they're sitting yeah. at 92% capacity. Um, and yeah, it, it, you're going to have the COVID restrictions, having to be double vax to get in there, having to wear a mask for the three hours. People eventually, um, you know, they're not, obviously they're against getting the double vax, so they're not going to go to the games. But people with the masks, I was reading something today that people, they were trying to crack down on it because a lot of people were on camera without wearing masks and stuff, right? So they, they were actually, some people, you know, are aggressive back. So they ended up kicking these people out or whatever. So, but 
even, even most of the Canadian teams, yeah, Montreal's still at 92%, but uh, Edmonton is at 84 and Calgary is at 78% capacity. So those are some big hits. And, you know, especially in Edmonton, you got the best player in the world there um, and you're still not drawing a full crowd. But, you know, for, for a league that's gate-driven, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they played in empty arenas last year, obviously, right? So they took a pretty good hit. Um, they lost, what was it, nearly $3.6 billion, um last year alone so you know they're hoping to you know get some of that back this year and when you're not filling up the stadiums or sorry the arenas um it, it's obviously going to be tough to to recover that money right so fans are yeah. still leery um they haven't returned as much but uh, you know it, it could take a while before this tends goes back to normal right obviously we're still in Absolutely. this pandemic so nothing's uh nothing's really changing there but it was interesting because I read that a lot of fans actually gave up their season tickets but bought smaller packages instead. So instead of your 40 games, now, okay, I'll take a quarter season or I'll take a six-game yeah. package or something like that, right? Because people were finding it hard to sell those other tickets on the secondary market. And it's a bigger reason why yeah. we ended up stopping having jet season tickets, right? You know, there's a game you can't yeah, go to. absolutely. All of a sudden, you can't sell it. And now you're basically you know throwing $200 out the window, right? You're eating it. Yeah. yeah. Which was stuck. So and to add to on to that, that yeah, I, I, you know what? Thank goodness. You know, I enjoy going to games, bro. I enjoyed hanging out with you and my yeah. dad and all that. But, you know, looking back and me being a uh, self-employed contract worker and the income wasn't there, to slap that amount of money on season tickets, man, during the pandemic where I wasn't making as much money, it was actually a blessing. It was a blessing. And that's not just me. You know, fans across the league have lost income, aren't making as much yeah. money, so they can't commit to these expensive prices, which aren't being reduced, by the way. No, it's not As cheap. far as I know. No. For sure in Winnipeg, they did not reduce the prices. Not That's at not going to happen. Yeah. And if anything, concessions probably went up because they're trying to get that revenue back. Yeah. You know, I've not heard of any NHL teams doing two-for-ones, come and enjoy it, come back. No. They know they got people hooked. Well, actually, and that's probably an issue too. Speaking of deals, up, I just got an email from the Jets saying uh, two tickets, two jerseys for two hundred and twenty-two bucks. So uh, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's actually a pretty good deal. Where are the tickets at? I don't know. It, uh, the sales starts Friday, Black Friday sale. So you'd have to check it out there. Uh, but I'm assuming they're probably uh, last row in the upper deck somewhere behind the net. I don't know. I can't yeah. see it being low and no, bowl so, or something, right? Or it's it's against no. a team that uh, you know maybe like Arizona or something like that, right? That uh, for sure is not close to selling out or something. So exactly, tickets that won't sell, they're selling uh, inventory over inventory. So you know, thank you, Chipman yeah. and, and all. Uh, what a joke! What a joke! Uh, talking about jokes. Sorry, that's free. <laughs> that's pretty cold. I'm sorry, Vancouver fans. I it was just a segue that was right there, and I just had, had grabbed onto it right away, and I shouldn't have. Let's talk about our friends in Vancouver and the tough time they're having there. Uh, fans calling for complete front office changes. Uh, do you think there should be a complete front office change? Are are you down for firing the GM or is it the coach? What's the issues in Vancouver, Benny? Yeah, I probably Benning. Jim Benning is he's done a weird job since he's got in there. Um, some of his signings uh, have not been the greatest at all. And, I, and I'll just lead right to his, his defensive signings, basically, you know, signing Tyler Myers a couple years ago, giving him that I think it was six years, six million or something like that. The uh, mm-hmm. Oliver Ekman Larson trade 
um, again, taking on another big contract uh, for a player. Again, that was not the type of player that he was when he signed that contract. So, he, you know, he's going downward. So why make that trade for him? Then again, he yeah. went after another defenseman of the Jets, Tucker Pullman. And you know what? Tucker Pullman was probably a decent number six D, you know, making decent cash, but he went and gave him a big contract. So now you have those expectations on Pullman uh, to be a better or to play better than what he can actually do. Um, he's not a top yeah. four defenseman. He should not be in that top four. Um, and looking at the rest of their D, they had Luke Shen, you have Travis Hamannock. None of these guys have done anything very good over the last few years. So right there, you're starting your D off poorly. Um, and it, it seemed to affect Thatcher Demko had a pretty decent year last year. Um, but right now he's trending at three goals against above and, uh, you know, his save percentage is around 900 and it was actually under 900 um, a week ago. So he ended up Jeez. signing Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes um, to contracts this year. And right now Pettersson is also not living up to that contract he had signed. So, you know, that, that's another hit. And, and that, I wouldn't blame betting totally on that one because, you know, you're signing a player who's looked pretty good over the last few years and you're thinking he's going to come out and yeah. continue to do that. But he hasn't lived up to the uh, expectations. And I think part of the problem was maybe they were hoping that the Pacific Division was going to be as bad as everyone thought and they would get some easy wins and mm -hmm. for a playoff spot. But if that's how you're basing your season, you know, that's, that's trouble right there. That's not right? a good plan. Because, no, because the Sharks, the Kings, and the Ducks have come out better. Um, this season than most thought, especially now the Ducks, the Sharks and the Kings have kind of trailed off. Calgary's yeah. doing better than, mo than most thought, you know, winning right now, and they're getting some great play from their goalie and Manjipani and, and Kachuk. So right now the Canucks, they need their players to step up, but I don't think they have yeah. the players to do it, and I don't know if Travis Green is the coach to take them there. Yeah, I think it's the coach. Uh, Benning hasn't, like he said, uh, hasn't had the best track record moves, but I'll give him, I'll give him a little slack. When you're in a Canadian market, most likely you're going to overpay for free agents and other players. That's just the way it is with the Canadian dollars and the taxes they pay. You know, we don't have the advantage of like Florida, Nevada, Texas, now Washington with Seattle, uh, having no sale, having no tax, having no state tax. And that's a big thing for you know professional athletes with short careers they want to make as much money as they can. And uh, so you know, even here in Winnipeg, we know we usually have to overpay for a free agent. So. I get it, Benning, trying to take a gamble, trying to get some uh, players locked in that he believes will be better. Uh, but I think it's a roster underperforming against a very uninspiring coach. Last game I watched, sorry, I did not watch a whole Canucks game. I can't. Last highlights I watched <laughs> the Canucks. You see this Jim Benning looking up at the score clock, looking down and just shaking his head like he has no clue. Like these guys aren't even looking back to the coach to see what's going on. He, just get rid of him. Get rid of him i think that will definitely uh at least spark the team for a bit and hopefully a better leader will get them playing better because i think they do have some decent players their roster does not reflect the record that they have right now uh is what i believe so i think keep benning find a new coach uh and give him this year and if not then you gotta blow it up then yeah. you gotta blow it up I, I think at this point the only way benning probably saves his job is if he fires green um yeah, and the team improves over the season, then you can say, okay, yeah, it was Green, not Benning. But I don't, I don't think either of these guys um, survive this year at all. Even even if Green yeah. gets held to the uh, to the end of the year, um, you know, chances are he's gone because they also, like you say, Bo Horvat is also you know underperforming so far this year too. So 
They have yes, some, they have some guys that could be better um, that have to start showing it. Absolutely. Let's go to the NFL and let's talk about pretenders or contenders. And I know we've we talked about how much a gong show the NFL is this season, but let's look at a couple teams and I want to hear your take on if they are pretenders or contenders. Let's start off with the Dallas Cowboys. Where do they rank on this for you? Pretender or contender? You know what? If they'd come away in a game against Kansas City and showed what they can do or at least competed in that game, I might have said, hey, there's they're contenders. They're still up there. To me, though, that was another dud performance by the uh, Cowboys. And and we've seen a couple of, a couple of them over the last couple of weeks um, against the Broncos and then now the Chiefs. Yeah, they beat the Falcons last week by pretty handily, but that effort or that display the Falcons. on um, the Falcons, yes, that that display on Sunday right, <laughs> against the Chiefs there was was pretty weak. Um, you know, maybe maybe because the injuries, yes, they were missing two of their, you know, well they were missing Cooper and then Lamb went out at halftime. But even before Lamb went down there, they yeah. weren't very, they weren't moving the ball very well. They weren't protecting Dak very well. So, and I know they were missing some linemen too. So maybe when they come back, maybe things will change. But you know, they got another. They got a matchup tomorrow. We'll see what they can do in that one if they can get back on the right track. Yeah, for me, I I guess say contender. I can say contender do, especially because they're in the NFC East. Uh, and I think if they go back to that running game, what are they doing? What is Mike McCarthy doing? Your friend Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy uh, never, he never <laughs> liked to run though. <laughs> He never likes running. Like you have Ezekiel Elliott, who's not the best of form, but you also have Pollard, a yeah. good-headed monster there. What are you doing? And you're supposed to have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Yeah. Uh, so I think that now with uh, Cooper sitting this game and C.D. Lamb, you really got to commit to that game. Lamb, I think that Lamb might be the- back, actually, which is quite shocking, but he might be back. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> really? He's going to get through those protocols? Okay. Yeah. Okay, glass in his house. He's questionable, and I think he hit the fifth stage already of the uh, protocol, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. If Jerry Jeez. says you're good, you're good. Oh, whatever Jerry says goes. What a joke. What a joke. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about Indy. Indy, pretender or contender? Uh, I'm going to still list them as well as still pretenders. Um, They've had a good run for sure. They've, yeah, yeah. they've, they've won what three in a row here or whatever it is. Um, but they, you know, they're still struggling to get into that playoff position They're right now. They're just on the outside looking in. Um, they have a tough schedule coming out and if they can get through that, then maybe I'll change my mind on that. But they have the bucks, Pats and Cardinals um, over their last six games. So, which starts this yeah. Sunday against the bucks. So, Hey, maybe if they come out and, beat up on the Bucks this Sunday. Maybe next week I'll change my mind on them, but uh, I, I still don't have faith in Carson Wentz being able to uh, carry them. And right now it's a, the Jonathan Taylor show there. In, in, in yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's man. why they are contenders. That's yeah. why they're contenders. The Bucks, I'm not believing the Bucks. You know, they're going to beat the Bucks next week at home. And then they got the Texans, the Patriots. That'll be a good litmus set to see how real they are. And I'm almost off that. Uh, Cardinals did win this. I'm not going to talk about the Cardinals. I'm not going to talk about the Cardinals. <laughs> but they also have the Raiders and the Jaguars. I think they're in a good position to go on a bit of a run. Uh, and their defense is coming back into form. Remember last year when their defense was like leading the league in points scored or something like that? Yeah. And they had a great secondary. I think they're starting to tighten things up now. Uh, they're a very dangerous team. So I'll put contenders on those Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I'll put the Vikings. 
lost my list there for a second. I have to scroll up. Vikings, contenders or pretenders? Yeah, I'm going to go three for three on the uh, pretenders list here as well. So um, they got they got a big matchup this weekend, you know, against the uh, San Francisco yeah. 49ers, who they're battling for that one of the last two playoff spots, basically, in the NFC there. So whoever wins that one yeah. is going to be a bit in the driver's seat. Um, yeah, they look good against uh, Green Bay offensively. Their defense still, you know, struggled, yeah. but I guess it is Green Bay. So. Um, yeah, I could see them. Though I could see them making the playoffs, but I don't see them going mm-hmm. uh, beyond that. Um, I still don't think they're quite there yet. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins still. Dude can ball out, yes. and, and then the dude just stinks sometimes. So, um, you know, they got a couple of uh, night games still. Three night games, primetime games. Primetime. You know how Kirk Second Cousins is, is on uh, primetime. <laughs> so good yeah yeah i'm the same way it's kurt cousins and i don't believe in him no you know i i, I don't know what the stat was we had like maybe a dozen or so uh fourth quarter comebacks or something like that i'm like kurt cousins really but when i think of kurt cousins i think the guy who always collapses in important games yeah he's got some against stats. good teams yeah he's got some wicked stats and garbage some, time and yeah. but he's also i think he has more 300 yard games or something like that than and then rogers or something and all these things and you're thinking what but like you say yeah he face plants when when he needs when you need him the most no nah, man i might take his keenum before him in the playoffs because <laughs> he's magic you know remember case Keenum? remember yeah. case Keenum? vikings fans might take him too <laughs> Let's let's go back and talk about these Cowboys because I love talking about the Cowboys so much. And that dud of a matchup uh, with Kansas City. That was supposed to be a high-scoring matchup. Everyone said maybe 30, 40 points each. Uh, 19-9? Yeah, having, having Dak on my fantasy football team, I was expecting fireworks on my counting up points. This is what, you know, I, what I yeah. need to win. He's going to help me get there. Nah, not yeah. even close, man. Three field goals. <laughs> he didn't even score a touchdown, man. Two interceptions. I like even even the last one. Like, I'm like, just get me one touchdown, and then he gets down yeah. there and he throws one of the worst interceptions I've seen. There's no one even around. Um, but it wasn't just him. Like, yeah, okay, Casey's D stepped up, played well. But I mean, Casey's D. I don't. He did. I, they've had a couple of good games here, but Dallas should have been able to take advantage of them, right? And and even KC mm-hmm. Mahomes still didn't look great. You know, the, the guy had still. I don't know what it was, close to 40 attempts um, and almost 30 completions, and he was still under 300 mm. yards. Usually, Mahomes needs what? Just dink and dunk. 15 to 20 completions, and he's over 300, 400 yards, right? So, yeah. Yeah, a couple and, to Tyreek Hill, and you're up there. Yeah, a couple of dink and dunks there. And, but, yeah, the, um, you know, Dallas D stepped up. Mahomes was sacked three times. He did it, get an interception, but I blame that one more on uh, Kelsey not being able to handle the pass. But, it was a dud all around. Like both offenses yeah. actually, you know, you're expecting a game of fireworks. The, the Sunday nighter between the Steelers and the Chargers had more fireworks. <laughs> Sorry to bring you that one to bring up. That up eh? <laughs> you really had to bring that up, man. It was, just, it was just a better uh, game. But you know what? I was going against Eckler in fantasy football, so it wasn't that good for me there. But so watching Dak face plant and then Eckler get four TDs <laughs> was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good day. Not a good day. No. Yeah, it was a it was a dud of a game. Uh, like we talked, the Cowboys just got to run the ball, man. That's their meat and potatoes. They got to run the ball. Stop being what you're not. Uh, people are going off about Des- Dak Prescott and his over 100 rating. Like, give me a break. Give me a break. He's never been this great 
passing quarterback. He's a great athlete. And it doesn't seem like he can lean on that athleticism after coming back from that injury. Uh, he doesn't seem quite right. I don't know what it is. Uh, I can't look at film and be like, oh, it's his whatever knee or ankle, but he just doesn't seem like he used to be. And of course, he doesn't have Amari Cooper there. Yeah. Uh, this guy's going to miss two games now. Uh, another unvaccinated player. Uh, did you hear what Michael Irving said about this guy? No. Well, he is. I saw Jerry Jones. Jerry at, Jones is pissed at him, too. Let's say Michael Irving. Uh, you, this is a quote. You go get vaccinated to try to mitigate it as best as you can. Now, you can still get it after you get the vaccine, but it's a different percentage chance of you getting it. And I need you to get that different percentage chance. I'm not so hot for Amari Cooper not being on that. He's talking about doing what it takes to win a championship, yeah. to win a chip. You know? Uh, so if you got to have a guy like that in your locker room that's not committed to winning a chip like everyone else, come on. Yeah, come on. They, they Same old Cowboys locker room, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we talked about the Cowboys slipping. And, you know, they got me. They got me the week after when they kicked someone's butt. But oh, it's the Cowboys. Yeah, the they, Cowboys being the Cowboys, bro. They kicked the Falcons, but that was about it. Oh, there you go. The <laughs> lovely Falcons. The lowly Falcons. Uh, Colts and Bills. What happened there? Everyone yeah. thought that Bills defense was, you know, all about it. And Taylor ran for how many touchdowns? Five TDs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should put Bills and pretenders and contenders because they look pretenders. I think. Well, that, that's a, that's a big question after this, right? Josh Allen, like this wasn't just one game. Josh Allen, he's he's looked bad in a few games, and and the Bills have looked bad in a few games. Um, yeah, they've they've lost to some teams that uh, you know the the Jaguars. They they lost to them, Ugh. you know, nine six, and Josh Allen couldn't get anything going. Uh, the the Bills have been good at beating up crappy teams you know yeah they've only won two of their last i think four or something like that and it was the dolphins and the jets that they beat you know they lost to the titan or sorry after they after they beat the chiefs you know you're thinking okay they're mm-hmm. taking off they're going they're, they're the back team to beat in the afc right they lose the titans you're like okay not so bad um they go beat up the dolphins and you're thinking they're back on the right track but then they go and lose to the jaguars then they, they beat up on the jets then they get <laughs> blasted by the colts so yeah, now, they're all over the place. And Josh Allen, he hasn't been the same as Josh Allen as he was last year. Um, so you, no, you gotta, not at all. You got to wonder, is he as good as last year? Or is he back to almost the first couple seasons where he was struggling um, and not being able to complete uh, or, you know, complete a lot of passes or anything like that? So there's a big question mark that's uh, hovering over their, their heads right now. And, and they, you know, they left the Pats come and take over the division and they still have oh, two games the against the Pats, which will end up yeah. ultimately determining who takes that division. Yeah. Lots of people are talking about the Pats now. Lots of people are jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, let me remind you people five weeks ago, we said the Pats were coming back. We said <laughs> that we could see this Bilicek team coming around and look what happened. So never mind telling us, well, you should talk about the Pats. We talked about the Pats already. We saw that coming. Uh, do you think that they're, a contender, the Pats. I don't know. I, we're gonna we're gonna see. Like I said, these they got the Titans coming up. They got a couple games against the Bills, and they got the Colts. Uh, those are those are their next four games. So those are those are huge. Um, yeah, you know. And, and then since they lost to Tom Brady and the Bucks way back, they've only lost one of seven, and, and that was the yeah. close one to the Dallas Cowboys, where Dak threw. I, it might have been OT. 
uh, threw a touchdown or just at the end of the game, he threw a touchdown. So um, they haven't faced a lot of teams or a lot of tough teams. I mean, in, in this stretch mm-hmm. of wins. Um, so, you know, they, they had the chargers, they had the Browns. I don't know what, where you want to label the Browns at, at this point. Uh, but no. so they haven't, they haven't played a lot of good teams, you know, so yeah. they haven't shown that they can beat those good teams. And that's why this, this stretch of the next four games uh, will show, you know, the defense is dominant again. You know, it's yes. back to being a, a Belichick special where, you know, that D is, is tough, you know, and then the yeah. O just has to do enough, not make mistakes um, and just do enough to win. Right. So, and, and so far back, you know, ha, has done that. Um, yeah. Surpass and, that. Yeah. And it, it, exactly. Yeah. He's done enough and he's done more that he has to, to do it. And when they need the points, he's gone downfield and scored them. So right, right exactly. now, I, they're in the playoff mix for sure. And I, I obviously see them making the playoffs. Are they a contender? You know what? Ask me again in a, in a couple of weeks when, when they play some tough teams here and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. This, this 2021 season is crazy. It so, is. you know, let me go crazy. Ravens are out. Patriots are in. Oh, That's my boy. team I'm going now. The Pats. <laughs> the Ravens are out. Pats are in. Market. Producer Grimy. Mark that on the calendar. Ray says, Pats are in. Ravens out. Uh, you know, might as well. The Ravens are probably saying thank you. You know, pick Yeah, exactly, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Leave us alone. They're like, thank goodness. The Ray and Benny uh, curse is over. Got you, Belichick. I look at the Ravens 7-3 record and I look at it and I go, I don't understand. Because to me, it seems like they're losing a lot of games more than they're actually winning. But I guess they've managed to pull out those victories when they need it. You know, at the end of the games or close to the end of the games. Like against Chicago, against Detroit, yeah. with the last with a sixty-six yard field goal, so they're a surprising seven and three when I look at that record. They are. They they just eked one last. They just eked one with that young <laughs> guy uh, last game. Uh, the Ravens, the AFC North. We're supposed to talk about the Steelers and the Bengals here, apparently. So, <laughs> you know, I'm a huge Steelers fan, and I'm just disappointed. They tied the Lions. Are you kidding me? Two weeks ago, and then they lost by this uh, touchdown to Mike Williams on the. Uh, I'm done, man. I am done. This. I'm not looking forward to this Bengals Steelers one. Uh, yeah, I hope it, I see the Bengals defense that have been there for the past two, three weeks, but I don't know, bro. I don't know. My heart's been broken too many times. It's a it's a big game up against the uh, Bengals because you know uh, a loss may you know put uh, one more nail in that coffin for for the Steelers uh, to be able yeah. to come back in, in this race, right? Um, you have to say it like that, eh? Yeah. It, the funny thing is, I mean, you look at it and go, okay, they were missing a bunch of guys on D, TJ Watt, uh, Fitzpatrick uh, against yeah. the Chargers, right? Someone else out, I believe, too. Um, but yeah, so that you know, the Chargers go in and hang up forty-one on them, and, and you're thinking, well, maybe they would have done better with these guys. But yeah, like you said, they they tied the Lions. I know it's Mason Rudolph at QB, but you still should oh, that guy. The uh, they barely yeah, beat the Bears. Word. They barely beat the Bears the week before, and the Browns the week before that, and the Seahawks. You know, they they've eked out victories. They've come out on the right end of some of these games. So this is a big one. Yeah. Um, to me. You know, if they can, if they can beat the Bengals, yeah, they still got a shot at the playoffs. If if they don't, I am thinking they're heading out of the playoffs. Yeah, we need that O line. Yeah. The O line has to perform. They've been so incon- when the Steelers lose, it's because they have a bad O line. Yeah, it's and it's understandable. They're young, five new guys. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, I hope Joe Burrow stuck 
Hope he's stuck in the mud somehow and <laughs> the Steelers can get it going. Because Ben has been playing actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. He's been pretty good. Yeah. No picks, touchdowns. Just protect the guy. Yeah. Give Najee Harris some holes and you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, like you said, they'll keep it close and they'll eke one out. They'll yeah. win it like the Steelers win it. They'll grind it out. Uh, exactly. But without an O-line, bro. Oh yeah, my God. You, you got to give Ben some time. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about another favorite team of mine that's actually doing good. Let's talk the CFL. Let's talk the Bombers. Uh, loss against Calgary. Not too concerned about that. Uh, what's really encouraging was Johnny Augustine. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's kind of rumblings going on, unverified rumblings that Harris might be injured more than the Bombers are letting on. So it might be Oliveira and Augustine. And to be honest, I think Augustine should be the lead back. He's more athletic. He makes holes. Uh, Oliveira's great through the middle. He's a grinder, but I'm not too concerned if Harris is out, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they'll be okay, but we'll see in a couple weeks. We'll see in a couple weeks. If he doesn't come back, who should be the lead back? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree there that it should be Augustine. I mean, you know, 23 carries, 148 yards um, in that game against uh, Calgary. But, uh, you know, it kind of puts your a little bit at ease if Harris can't make it back in there. But, you know, I, I, would, I would still take Harris way over Augustine, obviously, and I'm sure you would too. So we definitely yeah. need Harris in there because he brings that other dimension that teams have to worry about. Um, and it's hard to say on Augustine, yeah, it was one good, one good game. Can he, can he do it again? Um, and mm-hmm. we're expecting it probably to be freaking cold on December 5th here in Winnipeg for that game. There's still probably a chance of snow falling, who knows, or snow already on the ground. So yeah. we're going to need that running without game, a doubt, uh, to be top notch. And it's a little disappointing. I, yeah, I know a lot of backups, uh, that Winnipeg ended up blowing that game against Calgary and hopefully it doesn't add any lingering effects going into the playoffs at all. But, um, when they've been a dominant yeah. fourth quarter team all season and then they lose a game in the fourth quarter right at the end of the season, uh, it gives you a bit of that fear, right? But um, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely need Harris. Hopefully, Augustine, if he's not Harris is not there, uh, he can come in and, and carry the load and, and do what Harris could, you know, partly what Harris can do kind of thing. Yeah. What was encouraging is watching Caleros come back in, play, yeah. put up 75 yards like it's nothing. They did not let Calgary pass center field until the second half. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And, and that was Isn't with that Calgary crazy? starters, that's... right? Yeah. So have their starters and our starters. Yeah. So that's encouraging. That's yeah. encouraging. They're, they're getting healthy. So I'm still on them. I'm not. There's no fear in this brother over here, man. There's no fear over here. Oh, no. I, so... I, I still think they. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... I'm not saying it's over or anything like that. You just uh, yeah, you're just no. hoping none of this uh, stuff affects them psychologically, right? Because we've been used to dominating teams in the past, and I think we've mentioned it on this podcast. And and you know they failed to deliver. So don't don't. So that's always in the Please back don't. of mind. That's always in the back of mind. I know, and you keep bringing it to the back of my mind. <laughs> keep it to yourself, bro. Keep that to the uh, back of your mind. Keep it in the the outer reaches of your mind. There. Oh, don't. Uh, let's talk about some more rumbling in Bomber Nation. Uh, your boy Strevy, the, the fur coat wearing, stogie smoking, uh, uh-huh, 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 laughing. <laughs> Strevler uh, has been released by the Cardinals. You know, too bad, obviously. Uh, as a player, you want to play in the NFL. You want to make that NFL money. So, unfortunately, he was released. But, you know, that's getting Bomber fans excited, even though, you know, uh, we only have a couple games left, maybe. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Chris Strevler? selfishly i don't want him any, anyone picking him up in the nfl and i don't want him going to anyone's practice roster or anything because I, I would love to see him back um for the next uh, couple games here in, in canada and the cfl 
Uh, I think he would bring a lot. Like you say, if, if Harris is actually out, if Harris is hurt, chances of him not returning, Straveler would add a pretty good dimension to that run game, um, carrying that ball, pounding mm-hmm. that ball um, on them. So, you know, I, I doubt the offense has changed much since Lapolis left and Buck Pierce has taken over. So I think uh, Straveler could probably step right in and do the stuff that he did uh, a couple seasons ago in helping us win the Great Cup. I agree. It wouldn't be a bad thing to bring him back. He knows the system without a doubt. And, all, you know, Paul McGuire, what, he had eight, nine rushing touchdowns. It's just not the same. Yeah. Chris Strebler had an exciting, different dynamic element that he brought when he came on the field. Uh, and it pumped up the whole team. He's just an energy. He brings energy to the whole team. So I would have no problem uh, bringing Chris Strebler back, to be honest with you. Yeah. Will it happen? I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, if I was him, I'd also wait for the end. I'll go on a practice roster for 8,000 bucks a week. Yep. But we'll that's, that's the other thing. We'll if he see. signs, he's, he's, a, he's a bomber or a CFL player until February or something like that, right? Because that's how the contracts go, I believe, right? So right. They, unless they release him, I guess, after a couple weeks. But, but that's probably harder for him to get True. back to the NFL anyways. We'll see. We'll see. Love to have him back, though. I just... He's such a character. Yeah. And he people people dress up like him at games. He's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. He is amazing. Uh we talked about attendance, you know, lowered attendance in the NFL and the uh, in in the NHL. And the same thing in the CFL. We've seen lowered attendance, obviously. With big crowds, people are a little hesitant. And we see how it really hit the Edmonton uh Elks. Sorry about that. The Edmonton Elks, we saw that hit them, especially with such a bad team. Uh, and them cleaning house, they were in the news. But in additional news, uh, someone on the board tweeted about uh, the diversity and what's wrong with the CFL, not just in their team, but across the league. He said, our demographics are brutal. They're disproportionately old, male, and white, which isn't representative of our community. Uh, that's been reported by Dave Naylor from Ian Murray, the chair of the board of the Edmonton Alps. So your thoughts on that, brother? Yeah, I almost can't uh, disagree with that, right? I mean, the, uh-huh. the majority of fans in the CFL are older, right? It, it, the CFL has struggled over the years to bring in younger fans, uh, diverse fans. I mean, Canada, it, it's always changing Canada, right? I mean, there's different yeah. uh, people coming from everywhere. and You kind of want to attract them to the game of football, but, you know, they're, they're not. Um, as you can see, even we struggle here half the time filling up the the estate the uh, investor group field right so um, mm-hmm. but you figure okay man there's so many people in Winnipeg why is it so hard to fill that up but like you say a lot of fans were older you know they're probably getting to the age where they can't travel to games all the time so now they're staying at home um, but there was never any really big push by the CFL to try and change that um, you know diversity or anything with the fans and attract more younger fans as well so. I almost got, I pretty much got to agree with what he said there. Oh yeah. He's 100% correct. They have failed on every level uh, to get a younger audience and a more diversified audience. And the audience is there. Uh, Just obviously the effort isn't being made, especially in cities like Toronto. I'm going to get on Toronto again, bro. They are so diversified and they have such a huge population to work off of. They should be in the communities. They should be given. Remember back in the day when we went to high school, junior high, the Bombers gave away like two for one tickets to high school students to come and watch the games. So not only are you just getting people out, they're going out in groups. They're making it a culture thing uh, as, you know, we're going to go out as Bomber game as friends together and we're going to do that and have fun. Yeah. So there's nothing I can argue. He's totally right. They got to find 
uh, a young audience, just like NHL hockey actually has to diversify theirs, but they won't. They'll ignore it. Uh, that's a totally different subject uh, for me to get started on. But <laughs> yeah, the CFL absolutely has to go out in their communities and bring people to games. You got to yeah. spend money to, to make, make money. money. And that's what the CFL has to do. Yeah. Um, let's finish off the, the podcast with a little CFL segment. Mount Rushmore, greatest Canadian players in the CFL of the past 30 years. Did you have a hard time uh, doing this like I did? Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was so tough, you know, like, I don't know. Who do you got on your Mount Rushmore? And then we chat. Who do you have on yours? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, 30 years, past 30 years, it's a long time. Remembering the 90s and, you know, who was playing and what they all did. So it took a little bit, but I'm going to have to go with, um, you know, Andrew Harris still playing. Still got uh, time to get some more yardage in there, but he'd be in my top four for sure. I'm going to go with another uh -huh. bomber coach and Michael Shea, who was a very dominant Ooh, linebacker special teamer. I like that. Um, yeah. And then I'm going two wide receivers and Mike Morielli and Dave Sapungis. Ooh, that's a good list. It's hard to argue that. Uh, I think we do have a good debate with Harris and I'm going to take John Cornish. Yeah. I'm going to take, because I, I, yeah, Harris probably has statistic, without a doubt, statistically has the better career. But I think John Cornish was kind of that first Canadian running back to get that thing started again. Because we haven't had a, a dominant running back in the CFL since like Normie Kwong. And then John Cornish came in and he's like, oh, Canadians can actually be running backs. And he kind of started that Andrew Harris movement. So I'm going to say John Cornish. Uh, and I'm going to take a bomber, Doug Brown. What a dominant defensive nice, lineman yeah. he was. Had such a great career. Probably the most dominant Canadian defensive lineman in the history of the game, I would say. Top three without a doubt. Uh, and like you, I'm going to go old school with Ray Elgard. He finished his career in 93, 94, somewhere around there. Uh, one of the best. Uh, he was such a big guy in the middle of the field. And I'm going to go with a little guy in the middle field with Ben Cahoon on Montreal. As much as I watched him kill the Bombers, oh, much respect to him. God. Listen to much the radio. Much respect to him. Listen to Bob Irving on the radio, and every time it was a completed pass, it felt like it was to Ben Cahoon. Good God, yeah. did he destroy yeah. us. And he's like, you picked, you picked Michael Shea. So Sapanjas, Kevin Ivan, Scott, offensive lineman. We're the offensive lineman. Scott Flory, Jim McKelsey, yeah. Chris Walby. Uh, uh, Walby was past the 30 years, or no, I guess he would have played in 90. So No, he played in 96, I think. Oh, that game did he go that far? Final. Oh, crap. Yeah, yeah that was his last season, I think. Either he, he might have played one more without Cal Murphy. Right, right, right. I think he might have played one with Ryan Bolt. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a bad one at 96 playoffs. Uh, hey, let's talk about the playoffs before we leave. Semifinal predictions in the CFL. Who do you got? I'm going to go in the East, Hamilton over Montreal. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to pick Saskatchewan over Calgary, although I don't like either of those teams. So I guess either way, whatever. But I'm going Saskatchewan <laughs> over Calgary. And we're going to have a rematch in the final. Oh gosh! With that doink uh, heard around the world, well. or just in Saskatchewan. That was great. <laughs> I I can watch that over and over again, just as much as I can watch that Thirteenth Man play. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh, Paul Lapley's still throwing his hat. Great play. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Hamilton with their experience. The last cup, they're starting to come together and look hungry. And I'm going to take Calgary because I like how their defense is really coming together at the end of the season. We're getting clock watch 
by producer Grammy. It's time to wrap things up, Denny. Yeah, and say to the people. Yeah, I just got to say one thing before we leave. Congrats to uh, Canadian men's soccer on their big win over Mexico last week. Uh, huge win. Yes. Big 2-1 win in Edmonton there. So got to give them a shout out for that, uh, that game and that effort. Excellent, other... excellent. And the words. Yeah, sorry. And other than that, have a good week. Sorry, I cut you off, bro. What <laughs> no, else you got to say to the people? <laughs> what else you got to say to the people? Say it straight. Nah, I got nothing else to say to them. Wow. And in the words of Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> thanks for asking about my stomach. I appreciate it. Hey, friends and neighbors, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, both at Ray Benny Sports. Follow us, like us, send us some comments, tell us what you think. 